Ladies and gentlemen. Alright. Um, so. Right now I'd like to. Speak with you. About science. I love science. You know I'm curious about how many people out there are also. Passionate about science in one way or another but don't necessarily um, go to a research facility every day. Typical research facility. Um, Or have scientists in their job titles or something like that. The intuitive scientists, the... um, people who approach their craft, you know, some skateboarders are scientists, that is for real, that is for real, no joke, anyway, I'm a huge fan of the sciences, um, and truthfully, I'd like to get my hands more in, 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 in the field, you know, on some, on some different things. I have a few theories, one of which I would like to begin, because, you know, it's probably going to take me like 30 years, so if I'm 31, 32 right now, I need to begin construction on a few time engine prototypes, um, so that I can make some headway, you know, while I'm still alive, and I know you're saying, what is a time engine, the the fortunate thing about science is, you're never going to be the only one doing it, so as long as you're continuing to develop your mind, the overall feel, the overall practice of science is going to continue to move at the speed necessary for you, your newly developed ideas, because truthfully, We do a lot more learning from each other than we do on a solo basis in any way, shape, or form. Which is really at the heart of what science is, you know, um, or should be. But, um, yeah, I have some, some prototype ideas for time engine. I'll tell them to you because it'd be better if someone stole the idea. That way I could just see them fail and then uh, come up with my next iteration. Um, so, you know what's fascinating? Uh, someone just dropped this. There's this Rubik's Cube that can levitate. If you type in like levitating Rubik's Cube, it should come up. Now, what's interesting is also this Rubik's Cube that can levitate can also solve itself. Now, that is the most compo- most important part of a functioning wide-scale time machine. If you can have, uh, and I talked about this a little bit in one of my earlier things, but if you can have an object, it's basically creating an artificial gravity because of the importance on the solution, which is arbitrary except for a predetermined set um, uh, patternistic solution or algorithm, however they wrote the program in there, which emphasizes, you know, 
arriving at this thing with all the sides being the same color. Now imagine if you had an infinite-sided object that could solve um, based on a rationalistic, you know, view of how things would like turn out in real in the real world. So if you hit it, it would change and solve, you know, what it should be after being hit. If you get that at high enough speeds, you have yourself an environment that is very much like this very real world, but artificially powered. And so this real world is, is, is runs on the fact that everything must happen the way that it's, it needs to happen. And that is for the purposes of balance. Um, but this world, you'd be inputting energy, so the outcome could be whatever you wanted, and would, no matter what, be whatever you wanted, because, and it would also be, for that reason, extremely, extremely finite, because we could never hope to create anything on the scale of this universe within uh, the slightest sliver of our imagination, it would be foolish to even, One, it wouldn't be worth it. Two, we could never do it. It would probably be worth it if we could do it. But, uh, there isn't enough energy in the universe to, to power another simultaneous universe. But there's definitely, there's enough energy on a square meter to power some of the, the basic imaginations that we're talking about. So anyway, there's that. Um... Yes, the time engine. I'd love to get uh, the time engine started. Thank you for enjoying another scientific riff. A riff on science. A riff in the, the, the riffiness of science. This is Kenyo HQ.